Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, Elizabeth Mortensen, a.k.a. Eat Squat Mom, returns to talk about how she learned to love her body and her weight. She gives four tips to help her overcome a lot of negative patterns, negative self-talk, and I work some of those good old acceptance and commitment therapy ideas into those tips. And I promise you that even if you don't think this topic applies to you, it does. These tips, along with some acceptance and commitment therapy woven in, will help you in any area of your life that you might feel stuck. So all this and more coming up on The Virtual Couch. Hey, before we get started today, new email feedback. Here we go. Let me read this. Dear Tony, I'm a big fan. Thank you for all the work that you do on the virtual couch. I have a confession to make. I have been referring to you as my therapist now for over a year. And recently I was called out on this. Someone said, hey, I'd like to meet with him as well. Can you give me his contact info? You can imagine I was a little bit ashamed, but then I said, okay, fine. He's not really my therapist but I think you'll still benefit from the virtual couch. So my friend then started listening to you and they heard your ad about betterhelp.com and lo and behold, they actually went and got a real therapist. Yeah, sure, it's an online therapist and it's not you, but now they're telling me that they have a therapist and I don't. Sure, rubbing it in my face a little bit, but I just wanted to continue to thank you for the content And I think that I maybe will actually reach out to someone at betterhelp.com. And don't worry, I'll use your code betterhelp.com slash virtual couch to get my discount. I'm no dummy. Sincerely, and uh, of course, I will not read their name. But hey, thanks for the feedback. And I really do appreciate those. And uh, no shame in my dojo. And I'm grateful that your friend reached out through betterhelp.com slash virtual couch and that they're getting help. But uh, if you too are looking for a therapist, then I highly recommend that uh, that you go reach out. Try it. Go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch if you're interested in any type of professional help. And, and I know that you know, some people have reasons not to maybe reach out to somebody local or if they prefer not to go into the therapist's office or if they feel like the therapist in their area don't have the experience of a particular issue that they want to deal with, then you can go check out their thousands, literally thousands and thousands of certified licensed counselors and therapists on the betterhelp.com website. So go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. You'll get 10% off your first months of service. You can start communicating with somebody in less than 24 hours. No waiting in uncomfortable waiting rooms. And again, I will admit my waiting room is pretty comfy, but it's more affordable than traditional counseling. And one thing that I don't talk about enough is that they also offer financial aid. So go check out what now well over 500,000 people have already done before you. Sign up now by going to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Get the help that you needed, even the help that you maybe didn't know that you needed today. What are you waiting for? Again, broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which might not be locally available. It's available wherever you are. Worldwide, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. And you get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can even do text or email conversations with your therapist. And the assessment process is incredible. Uh, they, They will assess your needs. They'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And oftentimes, you can start communicating in under 24 hours. So what are you waiting for? Go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Get 10% off your first month services. All right, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode 100 and 
episode 61 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography recovery program that is helping people like you reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography. If you or anybody that you know is struggling to put pornography behind you once and for all, and trust me, it can be done in a strength-based hold the shame, become the person you always knew you could be way, then please head over to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to get rid of pornography once and for all. Again, that is pathbackrecovery.com. And uh, here's something I haven't done before. If you're hearing this podcast when it is originally released, that is on Monday, October 14th, 2019 or any time during the week for that matter, I am going to be speaking this weekend in a couple of places. So if you're in the area and you're interested in stopping by, of course, you are always welcome. I would love to see you. Both are on Sunday, October 20th. The first is in the morning. I'll be returning to the Summit Christian Church in Lincoln, California. Um, my, uh, one, of my, one of my good friends, Pastor Chris Young, has invited me back to speak with his congregation on a very important topic on how to talk about suicide along with a discussion about mental health in general. And I love Pastor Chris. He's somebody who is not afraid of tackling the difficult topics. He has a tremendous amount of love for anybody that he uh, he is with, and especially with his congregation. And you might remember him from episodes 35 and 40 of The Virtual Couch. If you haven't listened to those, I would highly recommend it. They are on improving your marriage as well as on being a better parent. And their services begin at 1030 a.m. And you can find out more at their website, which is my summit. M-Y-S-U-M-M-I-T dot church. So that is, uh, that is, uh, oh, what, a dot church is the thing. So mysummit.church, you can find out more there. And the main reason I wanted to mention this one in particular is because Pastor Chris and I want to do something a little bit different. Um, we're going to do the service on Sunday, but he runs a nice tight ship. So we'll have about 35 minutes or so to talk. But then we're going to get together in my studio sometime during the following week and have a more in-depth discussion on the topic of mental health and suicide as it relates to faith and Christianity and so much more. So look for more on that coming soon, probably the week after the week after the speaking engagement. So again, that's this Sunday that I'll be speaking there at 1030. And then later that same evening at 7 p.m., I'll be speaking at a regional. It's called a Young Single Adult uh, Fireside for a group of young single adults of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that group typically consists of single men and women between the ages of 18 and 30, and that'll be taking place on what I believe is uh, called Temple Hill in Folsom. There's a meeting house there on the grounds of the Sacramento Temple. And the topic that evening is how to find joy or how joy is found in a Christ-centered life, specifically when dealing with stress, anxiety, depression, and uh, all the other tumultuous experiences that we find ourselves in in the world today. So if you happen to live nearby and you make it to one of those appearances, feel free to stop by and say hi after. I would love to meet you. And of course, please visit Virtual Couch on Instagram. I continue to do weekly question and answer sessions as well as a little Instagram TV. So please follow along there and you can find the Virtual Couch page on Facebook as well as Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. Go like them both. And if you have a minute and you enjoy any of the Virtual Couch podcast material, please do me a favor and rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And um, head over to TonyOverbay.com. I'm continuing to share more information about programs that are coming up, podcasts, and uh, more on the release of my book. Co-authored a book that is getting some really good pre-release buzz. It's a book that I do feel like is going to help a lot of people. The book is called He's a Porn Addict, Now What? An Expert and a Former Addict to Answer Your Questions. I'm playing the role of the expert and former virtual couch guest Joshua Shea, 
who's already authored a best-selling book called The Addiction Nobody Will Talk About Writes as the Addict. And I now have a link in the show notes where you can go to pre-order the book if you are interested. All right, but let's get to today's show. I was so grateful to welcome Elizabeth Mortensen, aka Eat Squat Mom, back to the show. Elizabeth first appeared on episode 99, and uh, at that time she shared her story, which so many people identified with. It was a story on chasing a certain body weight or body type in an effort to find happiness, and and she just talked about her struggles all along the way on getting to a better place in her life in those areas and the difficulties in doing so, and just so much more in that episode. But she also received a lot of feedback from people wanting to know more of the how. How did she do it? Does she still struggle from time to time? What are the challenges she struggles with? What does she do with those challenges? So she wrote a blog post not too long ago that went more into the how, but uh, she did come up with four specific steps of how to love your body, how to embrace your body image. Um, again, and I want to say, and so much more. And here's what I love about the episode is that she and I met a few weeks before recording because I absolutely identified and, and loved the steps that she wrote about. But I identified um, more for me with their, their these principles of acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT, which is my therapy modality of choice that were woven into the steps that she wrote about. And so we just had a discussion about how mental health um, topics kind of can weave in and out of uh, things even like fitness. And I thought she did a nice job of bringing some awareness to that. So we wanted to do an episode where we combine the two. Her steps toward um, just getting to this place of uh, embracing a better better body, better body image, and then my therapy concepts that I, I was uh, pretty anxious to weave in there as well. So I'm going on too long. I think uh, you'll love this interview, even if it's uh, if you don't struggle with body image or um, your uh, uh, yeah your body image, you will take away these four steps. You'll take away a lot from this that I think you can apply to any anything in your life that you are possibly feeling stuck with. So let's get to my interview with Elizabeth Mortensen, aka Eat Squat Mom. very much. I, I don't have a problem talking loud. Okay, good. All right, that's a good. Uh, that's thing. what I've been told. So. Okay, uh, and I, I like that we were talking before I hit record about what are what are our verbal crutches, what are the things we're watching <laughs> out for. So I am going to try my best to not say um, although I know I will say um, and I almost said it right there, and I'm going to try not to say right at the end of everything. I, I, okay. See, I just said okay. <laughs> my, okay. 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 Hopefully, I can't say don't say K when I'm explaining something. K right, but I but I worry oh. at times though it will throw off the content if I'm so focused on not saying um or not saying right. Yeah. So forgive some ums and rights. Right. Right. There we go. That was forgive a, that some was a, K's. Okay, that just, was the appropriate just use. Just nod and, and let let me just keep talking. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, my guest is now a return guest on the virtual couch and another plug to go watch. Do we hit record? We did not hit record on the, uh, the oh video. Goodness, we're, we're going with it. Gold. It was gold. We're still going with it. We're still okay. going with it. Yeah. What I'll do. Okay. So that was, uh, that was live. That was, I'm not going to record. I'm not going to edit. That's the word. Okay. Um, there you oh, go. Oh, I did okay. it. But I'll put the audio file on there first, and it'll have a very cool picture of us, is what it will do. But go watch the YouTube video, because uh, I forget where I was even going with that. I just looked up, and I had not hit record on the, the video. That, yeah. but, but so I uh, think we did that last time. Do we? Oh, yeah. we had to start over. Yeah. And so it's just, it's, it means that it's going to be a I got a vibe day. with you. So my guest is two-time virtual couch guest, Elizabeth Morrison, a.k.a. Eat Squat Mom. Welcome back. Thank you for couch. having me. That's where I was going, but that's where my train of thought was. Yeah. I was going to say we're literally sitting on a couch, and I don't think I've done this before, which uh, doesn't make sense because this is what I do all day. People sit on the couch. It's nice to be on this side. Yeah. 
I mean, if you want to kind of maybe at the end go sit in my chair. Right um, no, I feel a little bit more comfortable like this. Okay. This is, this is good. This I like is it. Good. This yeah. is good. So, welcome back. I appreciate you coming back on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How? And it's been, I think it's been almost a year since you were on last. I didn't even look before I came in, but something. Yeah. Maybe something like that. But yeah. you were saying though you feel more comfortable this time. For sure. Do you remember being nervous last oh, time? Oh, I was. <laughs> it was my first, one of my first podcasts. So, yeah, I was super nervous. And now you're yeah. a pro. I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if anyone wants to really hear, well, I, I mean, I would still love for, I, I forget that. And who is going to go listen to all 150, whatever episodes of the back catalog. Yeah. So I was going to say, um, you were probably familiar with her a year ago, all of you <laughs> new people listening, but, uh, why don't you give a little bit of background before we kind of get to today's topic? Um, uh, about me or about the yeah, podcast? About you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am Elizabeth Mortensen. I am the owner and founder of eat squat mom. I have three daughters. I am married to a wonderful military spouse on your website. You call him, is he a hunky pilot? He's a hunky pilot. Okay. Yeah. He's my hunky pilot. And, yeah. um, yes, you can be bald and hunky cause that's what he is. Exactly. So. <laughs> and I, I, I endorse and support that message. He was so excited when we moved here. We moved, uh, we went to church for the first time and he walked in and he had never seen so many bald people. Really? <laughs> that's totally off topic, but he did. He had never seen so many bald people. He's like, wow, I feel like I fit in. This is so awesome. So is that a California thing? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But he was outnumbered when we lived in Washington, and he just, you know, people always say, oh, I got gray hairs. He's like, man, if only my gray hairs were my problem. Exactly. I would like to have hair for gray hair. (laughs) But, yeah, hunky pilot. Uh, We've been in the military for 10 years. We're hopefully almost done. But um, I started Eat Squat Mom because I first was just a personal trainer and teaching a group of moms a stroller fitness class. And my friend really kind of pushed me to do the, uh, like, online training or, or whatever just to get my name out there because I'm yeah. an introvert. Right, which I love. Like, and, and that's yeah. what we talked a little bit about. Please go listen to the first episode because you don't think of someone eat squat mom out there trying to uh, make a difference oh. social media as an introvert, yeah, but you truly are. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I love social interaction. I love building connections. Mm-hmm. But I, my personality is just shy. Like yeah. I'm just way more of a shy person. So to actually start something like this was totally outside my comfort zone. And, but I'm also someone that is not a quitter. Okay. And so when I started it, I had no idea like the realms of like social media and what I had to do in order to promote and get myself out there. And it was all overwhelming. It's been overwhelming, but at the same time, I as a person have grown and learned, learned so much about myself and even just as a trainer, as a coach people, it's been the best thing that I have ever done for myself. Um, just in so many levels, not just health wise, but just in my marriage and mm-hmm. building connections with friends and family. It's just been an amazing, amazing thing. Cause you so. had to rely on connections a lot. Your, your husband will, does he deploy or he yeah, goes so he does deploy? Yeah. And so it kind of, you know, we've been away from family since we left 
the very first time when we got our first assignment, we've been away from family. And so it is, it's hard, you know, we have to build those connections and those bonds with other people. And the military has um, also forced me out of that little bubble, right? Like it's forced me out of that bubble to make and build those connections and also just see people in a different light. And I very much love to help um, people and love to make people feel good and feel happy. Um, It makes me feel good and it makes me feel happy. And so I think that's why my friend wanted me so badly to do this is because um, she saw me help her and she saw how much um, I loved it. And you can only do so much with just, you know, your little group that you have here locally. And so, um, yeah, it's been fulfilling and hard and definitely times where you want to quit and say, forget it, throw in the towel and say, it's too hard. But you know, just that one person, when you just get that one person that says, you changed my life or, you know, you, you made me just feel so much more confident than I ever have before. It's like, okay, all this work, all this. Yeah. And and I know I'm not trying to get uh, anyone to have pity on, uh, those of us trying to put things out into the world, but it really is. I I think I think of the word often relentless. Yeah. Just, I mean, you feel like if you don't, if you're not creating or posting or presenting or something on a regular basis that people will just kind of, forget about what you're trying to do and then yeah. the self-doubt creeps in and then there are those negative stories kind of that yeah and I think we maybe talked a little bit about that at the last one we or? did well the big thing for me is I have to go back to why I'm exactly. here and yes. I'm here not because yeah making money is gonna be a byproduct of it but I'm here because I have been mm. where these women are that I want to help so badly. And going back, if you go back to my um, podcast with you, I talked about my backstory and I've been that person that's been overweight. And then I've also been that person that to lose the weight, I went to so many extremes and was in this emotionally unhealthy spot and it caused miscarriages. And, you know, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing and getting thinner and getting skinnier. And I, it just, it was so horrible in mental health for me. And it put me in such a bad spot. And I see that in so many women and I see, you know, my industry is great at promoting the six pack abs and, you know, all of this and the quick fix and do all of these things. And then, Oh wow, you'll magically be happy. And I know from personal experience that getting those things did not make me happy. It made me less happy, right? Like it just, I was, I was more happy with 30 pounds heavier and just kind of chugging along in life than I was 30 pounds less and thinking that I wasn't good enough. So that's what I love about your story is I think a lot of people that haven't had the six pack abs or haven't had the sculpted body or running the, the ultra marathons or competing in fitness competitions, they still want to say that, no, I'm sure that when people do get there, it really is what, what it looks like. And it looks great. And I will be happy, but you've been there. Yeah. And you know, there are people that they do lose the weight and they do become happier, but people don't understand what it they did to get there. And if it was just for vain reasons, I can promise you that it was not 
the weight that made them okay. happy. It was not. It was not them losing all this weight and looking different that made them happy. It was the things that they did in the process to get there, the habits that cr- they created, yeah. the lifestyle change that they made, the way that their body now feels. It is not the weight. Yeah, maybe they can stand in front of a mirror, put on a smaller size jeans, and they can feel proud yeah. and strong that they've accomplished that. But I just, I want women to understand that it's not the weight that's going to make them happier. Okay. It's, it's the things that they are doing and the things that, um, and the habits that is what is going to make them confident and stronger and someone that is, um, in love with their body at any stage, because you can go from, you know, loving your body 30 pounds, you know, or whatever number you have or whatever you can go, you can be in love with that person and the strength that you have and the dedication that you have. And you can still be in love with that same person, 20 pounds less, but that's what you love about yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not the number on the scale. Okay. And then, and I actually, I like your vulnerability even over the last year where you're, you're in good shape you're creating programs, but you still, do you still have those days where you kind of feel like, this? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, there we go. We're still okay. recording. All right. All of a sudden, Sorry, all little... of a sudden my computer wanted uh, me to put on my AirPods. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I talk a lot about that in my posts. I am not shy about being vulnerable about the times that I feel like I am reverting back to those old habits. And, um, just, I mean, just recently, honestly, to talk about my summer, summer usually gets the best of me, right? You create lots of memories. It's just, there's barbecues, there's foods, and there's definitely habits that I've created over the last 10 years of me doing this that helps me not, you know, all of a sudden just go crazy and and, um, pack on all this weight. But I, I do get, a little fluffier. Like if you want to say that, like it's not, and that's not bad, but I, I create these memories and then I come into the fall and sometimes you start to get down about yourself. Those old habits creep back in of, you know, I can't believe I did this to myself. What am I doing? And, and then you start to think, ah, I'm never going to be successful at this. Or then body image things start to come back into play. And, and so I have to take a step back. I do. And tracking is not what everyone needs. But for me, tracking helps me understand where my control is going off. And so I had to, four weeks ago, I just committed back to tracking and I didn't say I'm tracking to lose weight. I didn't, you know, it wasn't for vain reasons. It was, I gave myself a goal of six weeks of consistently tracking for me to remind myself of what foods I I'm going to eat that make me feel good. Well, I know what foods are going to make me feel good, but how much I can eat. And that's the big thing is sometimes you start to think, okay, well, I can't eat that and I can't eat that. But in reality, if I just start reminding myself what it is going to do for me and it's just tracking for me is helping me get back into control. So just awareness basically. So I like that goal. So even if the, cause I like that, that's a, uh, you don't have to not all or nothing or black Mm -hmm. or white thinking. So the tracking is just, it's, I'm taking some, action movement that mm-hmm. sort of thing yep it's it's for me it's my action step to just okay. say elizabeth okay that's enough stop making these you know scenarios in your head of all of a sudden you're going to go back to who you were and uh-huh. you're not that person anymore you okay. have information I, like I you know i've been doing this for so long that yeah i trust myself and i can make informed decisions and i did that throughout the summer that's why you know i didn't pack on 30 pounds mm-hmm. you know maybe it was a couple pounds of extra fluff but i just didn't feel good and my head starts to get in these negative spaces yes. and so for me it's 
I like being in control and I like having the control of foods or anything in my life. So when things are out of control and I can't control them, that's where my negative headspace comes in. And so for me, it's just about taking a step back and saying, okay, here's your goal. Has nothing to do with the way that you look. It just has everything to do with the way that you feel. Okay, and that's why you we, we wanted to have you on a second time because so that led to what 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 did you you uh, had a blog post that kind of talked about this? I did. Well, so the um, I I posted a bunch of questions on my Instagram thing about mm-hmm. um, body image, and so a lot of people kind of had heard my story and the question that I kept getting was, okay, I get it. That's great. You changed, but how did you do it? Right. So people always want to know that. How, where, where did that come from? Yeah. You say, okay, don't have this negative headspace of body image, but it's really hard for me to look in the mirror and not hate my body. Right. And I totally understand that. So I did, I did, um, an Instagram live. I don't know a while ago talking about this. And then I just kind of threw up a blog post, um, about it, but yeah, I wanted to come on here and talk about how, you know, the, how I did it. So when we were, I was on before I talked a lot about my journey and where I came from and where I came from negative to positive and all that stuff. But we kind of, we didn't talk about that. How? And and when I like, when we got together a couple weeks ago to talk about this, um, we talked about how, and you can maybe frame this better, but how the mental health industry and or no, the fitness industry and mental health don't always they're not best friends so to speak and so when you did lay out this post and I don't remember I kind of got really excited because I felt like everything you were saying and I felt like I was trying to show off and show you that show you that no this is a this is an acceptance and commitment therapy uh, principle or this is what in my therapy I say this and and I felt like it was uh, like a Reese's peanut butter like chocolate (laughs) mixed peanut butter moment where no I think it was good because it lets people see that they need to go together. And why tell what, how how do you, you you described that very well when we were talking earlier, uh, you know, last time. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it though about the? Do you feel like people in just the fitness industry, for the most part, want to make it just look like it's just hard work and you're going to get these six pack abs and you're going to be happy and buy this program or the supplement and that's all you need? Well, here's the thing. Okay. Here's what I think. Okay. The, the quick fix sells, right? Yes. The quick fix sells. Everyone wants the quick fix. And I'm not just talking fitness. I'm talking a lot of things. Oh, my, my right? pornography recovery program. I mean, I feel like I've run into people that have taken multiple programs because they want to find the one that has the, oh, this phrase or this thing will cause everything to change. Right. They, and they, they want it in all kinds of industries. And the, it's, it's human nature in us to say, okay, I want the easy route, right? Like yes. to just say the easy route. But what people don't understand is there are so many things in their life that they have done that are so incredibly hard that they don't realize how long it's taken them to get there. Okay. And I talk to a lot of moms about this and I say, okay, was being a mom hard? Yeah. And they say, yeah, being a mom is hard. It's really hard. So I say, why do you do it? Mm. Why don't you stop? Why don't you give up? Why don't you just throw in the towel and say, forget it. I'm not going to be a mom anymore. And so we look at those things and we, and we figure out what is it about it that has them do it? Is it, is it only because they have to do it? Like they can't not do it. And no, it's not. It's because they find joy in it. It's because there's hard times, but there's always a reward from it. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I find, I go through the series of like, 
okay, what in your life have you accomplished that has been really hard that you didn't stop doing? And then we look at why didn't you stop doing it? And, um, I, I think it's with anything. So many people want to change the way that they parent or they want to change the the way that their marriage is. And, yeah. and those simple, they want it to just be a simple act of, okay, all I have to do is make the bed in the morning for my husband more often. Right. Right. And marriage is yeah. fixed, right? Don't we all like, we all want it, but we're not here on life to just have everything be easy. Right. Like it's just not. And health and fitness is looked at as something that's not um, mandatory. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I, I mean, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but people no. look at it as like, you know, food is natural. Like I naturally need to eat. So it should be something that is natural for me. I should not have to think about it. I should not have to track my food. I should not have to, you know, worry about how many minutes of exercise I'm getting in a day. And that's where people, I think they need to get out of that negative headspace and say, okay, why do I need to do this for my body? It's for all these positive reasons and it's not to look a certain way, but it's, I want to get stronger. I want to feel less tired. I want to be able to be 50 and run around with my kids. Like, and that doesn't mean that you're doing hours of intense no. workout a day or being in a deficit for the rest of your life. It just means moving your body yeah. and getting informed, like getting informed with your food. Um, it's, it's hard. People don't want to look at food as something that they have to learn. But I, I think, okay, how many parenting books have you read? Right. right? Or how many marriage podcasts have you listened to? Or how many, um, you know, you have a craft, you know, you love crafts and you love sewing. How many books about sewing did you read in order to learn it? Okay. I love that somebody's going to hear that right now and think that you know this about me and that, oh, I didn't know Tony liked to sew. Oh yeah, he does. Did you not know that? (laughs) Right. He he quilts on a daily basis. I wish I could quilt actually. (laughs) Kind of a nice, uh, I have a client that quilts beautifully and it is a very therapeutic thing. Right. You know, it's so people don't think to learn. Like if you just took one month and I always say, if anyone doesn't want to track or do that and you don't want to be in a deficit, don't. Mm. But if you could just dedicate yourself to one month of tracking food, not for a calorie count, not for a calorie count, not for a macro count, not for anything. If you could just track your food for one month and look at the labels, see what's in your food, see what that food is giving you, say an apple or whatever is giving you this many carbs. And that's more of a high value carb. I mean, I talk about high, I talk about macro value, macro exact, um, um, in my post and I have a blog post about it. So you can check that out. But if you just did that for one month, the amount of information that you can gain about your food is crazy that you could go on and, and make so many more informed decisions. With I want to throw, I'll throw therapy concept number one. And then I want to get to your blog post cause I can't wait to do this, but yeah. I, I like the bringing that awareness because I feel like there's an undercurrent of really trying to, you have to be honest with yourself because I know you've heard these stories. I, I've had a, a clients. I've had a, a couple of friends who do track their food for a trainer, for example. But then when we're talking, they'll say, yeah, I'm not letting them know that I ate this or I drank this or cause I don't want them to, to call me out on it. Or I don't want to be embarrassed about it. And that's the thing where who, who wins with that? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it all the time. Do like, you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a bad weekend or, okay, so did you track your foods? No, I didn't. It's the people don't want to be told that they're wrong. Yeah. They don't want to be 
held accountable for the choices that they made. Um, and food is something that they don't feel like they should have to be accountable yeah. for, right? Because they've put so much guilt and shame. That's on what I say. We got this shame part. Right. It's that in. guilt and yeah. shame. It's that good versus bad. It's that healthy versus unhealthy versus. What makes my body feel good? And if it's a cinnamon roll today, it's a cinnamon roll today. And we're not going to put shame or guilt on it. But we have to be informed with those choices. We have to say, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm eating. And I'm doing it because... I'm celebrating, you know, a birthday party with my friends and family and I want to eat the cake and that's okay. And there's no guilt and shame to it, but you're doing it because you're informed. Those decisions that you're making are not just, well, I don't know. I'm just going to eat the cake because it looks good. And then I'll feel bad that I ate the cake. Like you cannot, um, feel bad or feel shamed when you make a decision that was informed and that was your choice. Like you can't say, Oh, that was a bad choice. Like you made that choice. It's not good or it's bad. You made the choice. Made choice. So you just need to own up to it. I would say that's perfect segue to number one. What is your first, uh, so you've got these oh. four principles yeah. that you feel like are part of what, or what led to your change. Right. So I talked in the last podcast about my story and then, so what led me to these four things was, I remember just sitting there um, one day when my husband, because he was gone a lot, he had been in a training, um, and I had had a newborn, and he was gone, and he was only able to come back on the weekends, and I just was in this place where I just, I wanted to run again, and my baby was four weeks old. Like, keep in mind, my baby was four weeks old, and I weighed less than I did when I got pregnant. Wow. And that's how unhealthy my mind was. I would say you're not saying that was awesome. No, no, no. That's how unhealthy my mind was at because I was so scared to eat because I couldn't run. No. And I was so unhappy and I was so miserable and my husband came home and he just looked at me and I could just tell that he did not know who he was looking at. Wow. Like there, there was just a part of me that was so completely missing that he just did not even know who his wife was. And so I just remember thinking like, this cannot be what it feels like to love my body, Mm. be healthy, be strong and be happy. Like there was just no way like that number on the scale. Yeah. I wanted to be like, woohoo. I'm less weight than I was when I got pregnant. No, like I was, I was miserable. I was, my baby wasn't sleeping. My husband was gone. All of these things were factoring into, and I cared more about when I was going to be able to run again. Okay. And it was so damaging. And so it just led me to this part where I just said, I, it can't be like this anymore. I can't. And, um, I mean, my husband and I had a good talk, but I just sat down and I started making a plan for myself and trying to see how I could get out of this negative headspace. And the first thing that I did was I had to write my story. Okay. So often we want to look at the parts of our life, especially where I had gained the weight and put on the weight with my first child as bad. Okay. And I had to stop thinking that that was bad. And I had to just start saying, that's my story. That's what got me to where I am. That's where I am. And it can be things when you were 10 years old and maybe you had a mom that was so obsessed with food and the way that she looked and she, and she put that on you. And so you grew up your whole life thinking that foods were good and bad. And, um, whatever your story is, you've got to write it. You got to, you need to sit down and you need to, maybe it takes you five minutes. Maybe it takes you a month. I don't care, but you need to sit down and you need to write out 
where you've been so that you can figure out where you want to go. Well, like in the world of addiction, there's a concept of an inventory. It's like step four in the 12 step process. And I remember one of the first people who shared an inventory with me and, and I had read a couple of others that were just kind of the highlights of somebody's life. And then I read one where it was exactly what you were saying, where he went back to, um, the way he had been raised, the way that, uh, women had been objectified in his family, the way his, uh, you know, all of these things that really, for the, I really watched as he laid out what kind of got him to where he's at now. And, and I love that it's the owning it and, uh, and got to throw the note in there to it's where nobody's going to judge or shame you because of that. You don't have to let anybody read it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel like, um, this is where I throw in the acceptance and commitment therapy, which I love act. The, the first principle of act as well is, um, they're called private experiences and you're the only one that has them. And, they're all of the, I always kind of get into this thing where it's the nature and the nurture and the birth order and the DNA and the abandonment, rejection and, and divorce and moving and people who die and friends who go, you know, leave and yeah. all, that's all unique to you. And so that puts you where you're at now. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't, and I like what you're saying earlier. So then if you, when you talked about when you make the choice, you make the choice. I mean, that that's what you yeah. do because those private experiences are, you have the thoughts and feelings you have because of those private experiences and, and that's Again, it's why you have them. If you didn't have those thoughts and feelings, then I always throw in there that you're a robot or a psychopath. I mean, but I do it for humor, right? But I mean, yeah. uh, but it's, uh, but, but I, because I feel like that's where people didn't want to start to not own that or, or make excuses or um, kind of project onto someone else. And, but those are your experiences. Right. And I love that you said excuses because when you write your story, you find your excuses. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're writing it out and it could, your excuse could have nothing to do with weight, but it's impacting your desire to want to lose weight. Okay. So it could be that, um, you know, an excuse that, you know, maybe you went through a really horrendous ordeal with a parent, um, and, uh, a sickness and maybe a cancer and they died. And during that process, you had no time for yourself and, and you were caring for all of this and you still don't understand the emotional toll that it's taking on you. Yeah. And they don't necessarily associate that with, why they want to lose weight. Right. But when you can sit down and you can, and you can write that story, you can find your excuses for why you are where you are. And then you can find solutions instead of just continuing on with the solutions. Cause I, I really, people talk about the why all the time, Right. right? They want to know what is your why, what is your why? And that's great. But I think this step lets you know it, talks about like you need to know the how how Mm. did you get there so that you can understand why you want this can I throw okay on the fly here too I like that because I feel like the why is wonderful but I like to give the uh, example of if you hear somebody talk about running a marathon and if all of a sudden you say man, I want to do that. You know, there, I, I want to do it because of all these good reasons that go behind that. And your brain gives a little dopamine and you feel like, yeah, but then immediately your mind does make excuses mm-hmm. and it does say that, well, I don't know. I don't have anybody to run with or I don't have a, a training partner. I don't know any marathons in the area. Uh, I've heard a lot about it hurting my knees. I don't, you know, I might fail. And I feel like that is that the brain wants path of least resistance. Yeah. And so even you can have a great why, but you still have these Excuses, really? Yeah. That, that pop up that try to get you away from that goal, that why. Uh huh. And when someone comes to me and says, "I want to lose weight," I say, "Why?" Okay. And then they say, "What do they just say?" Because I want to look great. Right. Because I want to be able to fit in my jeans that I was wearing in ten years ago. Why? 
Because when I was there, I was happier. Why? Like, I continue to walk through this why process with them until I really dive into that is why you want yeah. this. It has nothing to do with Because I was you happier to, then, or I right, was, you know. Like, you, you look at, people associate happiness with their body image, yeah. right? So when they say, oh, I was happier before I was a mom and because I was at this size, no, 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 no. You weren't happier than you were before you were a mom. I guarantee you are happier now as a mom, but there are things in your life that have occurred yes. that have changed the way that you view yourself. It is not the size that is that you were happier yeah. at, right? No, I like that. So that's the so it's the the core issue there might be then okay you have felt now like you don't know how to mom so that's left you not feeling happy it, yeah. but you your brain goes to but I was but I was in shape back then so yeah. I was happy so, so I get in shape now I'll be the better mom or whatever right gotcha right that's good yeah okay. So. Um, so yeah, own your story. Um, the second one was, uh, to determine what I valued most. Mm. And the big thing was I looked back and I said, okay, what are my top three, top three things? What are the top three, three things that I value in my life? And when my body image was in that top three or even that number one, yeah, it was like a red flag to me oh, okay. because it was me saying that I valued the way that I looked and I thought I needed to look this way for a particular person or something. When I valued that, I valued that over strengthening my marriage. Being a good, I valued yeah. that over being a mom. Yeah. Like that was like, what is wrong with me? Like yeah. where, where did this come from that I value the way that my body looks or the way that it is on a scale. That was the big thing for me. It wasn't so much like, I mean, I was thin, like I, there was nothing wrong with my body, Uh but I associated this number with it. And so when I was so saying that number was more valuable than my marriage, I like, I couldn't do it anymore. I just, I mean, I broke down and I was like, I apologize to my husband. Like there's so many things that I just said, I can't believe I've let this take over what I value most. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want people to see. I want people to say, okay, what are the top three things that you value most? And if your body image is in that top three things, we need a mental check. Okay. No, I like that. I like that. And so, and I wrote down in my notes too. So that acceptance and commitment therapy principle there, uh, I do feel along with that are people sometimes don't know what their values are and they, they take upon them the values of their parents or their, even their church community or their, siblings or their spouse or people. And that's where people are telling them what they should care about yeah. or they should believe or should. I do you love that word? Yeah, should. I know. I, I, I want to X nay that word right. from like our diction. Cause when I say though, uh, nobody should can wants to be should on. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I'm kind of on the edge. Yeah. Elizabeth, right. <laughs> uh, but that, that one's, that one is horrible. Cause, and that goes back to, in my, in my mind, those private experiences that owning your story that's where I want to say, okay. And when someone has gone through exactly every single thing that you've gone through as well and knows exactly what you're, you're, how you're processing things, what you're dealing with, you know, then maybe they can shoot on you a little bit. <laughs> you then I yeah. don't still feel like it's right, but you see the point. <laughs> right. Where, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I had someone telling me recently where their, their husband, uh, I'll say bless his heart so I can maybe not say the most positive things. Uh, all names are changed and all right. these things. Of course, this is completely hypothetical. We'll say that. But if husband was saying, you know, uh, 
you know, you've got it better than single moms or whatever. I mean, my mind goes to this. Okay. So let's hear about his experience as a single mom. You yeah. know, I mean, I just feel like that's the thing where people, when they are trying to tell you what you should believe and what you should think and how you should feel and what your value should be. And no wonder people start to feel kind of disconnected or antsy or not mm-hmm. like they're being themselves. Correct. And the big thing is I don't want people to think that health shouldn't be part of their top three. Yeah. Right. So yeah, health is now is part of my top three marriage and family Mm -hmm. is, you know, my number one. And then my faith is number two and health is my number three. Right. So it's not that health is bad for you to think about, but it's the way that you view it. I can't look at my health and relate it to a number on the scale. That is where it's detrimental to me. And that's where it's detrimental to so many women. So when I say place value on it, do it, but I want you to place value on it with goals such as how can I get faster in my run? Mm -hmm. How can I get stronger in the gym? How can I um, get more consistent with my workouts? Like make your goals around things like that and not around, I want to be this, I want to weigh this much, or I want to have a six pack. We said something earlier that I so can I'll be 50 in about a month, Mm -hmm. month and a half. And, and I will tell you my goal, one of my goals throughout, you know, all whatever, whether it's the ultra running or all these things has been, I wanted to be the dad that could play basketball and run and do things with my kids. Mm -hmm. And, and it's funny because I used to look 20 years ago, I would love to still be playing basketball with my son at 50. And, uh, and we were shooting in the gym a few days ago and I thought I almost got emotional you know, and I know he doesn't care what I'm saying. You know, I'm almost 50, Jake. You know, and I th- he's like, yeah. hey, hey, get my rebound, old man. But in my mind, I was thinking, okay, this is, I mean, I just felt so emotional about that's this long-term goal of, uh, and it didn't have to do with this time or whatever that was. Yeah, and I love that because you pointed at, point out that ultra marathon running, it, it got you to that place of wanting to be healthy, yeah. right? But ultra marathon did not get you to being 15 playing basketball, no. right? No. So ultra marathon, it was kind of like your byproduct of like, Hey, this is how I'm going to get healthy. And you, you got that goal of, I want to be an ultra marathon runner and it's you fun. did it, you and, and, you, and you did it, race. but yeah. you, you now are 50 and you're not healthy. Yet, not yet, okay. Sorry. In a month. In a month. Thank you. You're, you're, you've reached that goal, but it wasn't the ultra marathon. That's what I want people to say. It's not the six pack abs. It's not, it's, those are goals. If you want that goal, by all means yeah. do it, but do it because you have a a reason for doing it that is because you want to challenge yourself so much with your nutrition Mm -hmm. that allows you to to get that but not because you want it to for vain reasons yeah no I like because I don't get there's no special place in heaven for me for doing 150 ultra marathons but being able to I don't know have these experiences with my kids at 50 is is I don't know that's what I always wanted so health totally can be you know valuable I just you know it's that whole wanting it for, you know, the way that you look for sure. Um, so yeah. Uh, then number three is, is a big one for me, (laughs) but it's, I just said, communicate, communicate, communicate. Okay. The third one's all caps. So you kind of like, so communicate, communicate, communicate. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it is so often we get in our little bubble and we get in our little self-pity mode yeah. and we start to just say, woe is me, everything is wrong with me, and there's no positive talk in there, right? Yeah. So we just think that nobody is going to care, nobody wants to hear it, you're just going to be a complainer, and that is so not true. 
You are never alone in whatever you're going through. And if it is something that is causing you to feel so inadequate that you don't have any value, that your worth is not measurable, like if you are feeling that way, there are someone out there that is willing to listen and support you and help you in whatever you need. And the big thing is that you need to just communicate that with people of what you need. Because the big thing is my husband saw how distraught I was and how upset and how, um, negative of a space I was in. And he, he didn't like it, but I was never telling him what exactly it was that was causing me to feel this way. I didn't ever tell him Mm. where, why I was thinking these things. And so for him, he would just say, you're beautiful. I love you. You're amazing. There's nothing wrong with you. And those were just like mumbled words in my head. Okay. And for some people, that's what they need. But for me, I'm not a words of affirmation kind of person. And I, you know, it makes me sound like a horrible wife. People are like, well, your husband's complimenting you. And, and for me, it wasn't that I would take those words and I would say, well, then what I'm doing in the gym is not enough for you because you would like me no matter what, if I was doing it or if I wasn't like, it's those, that twisting of the words. Okay. So he's telling me these things because he thinks, Oh, she just needs to be reminded how beautiful she is. And I didn't. And so I had to sit down with him and I had to say, I love that you want to compliment me, but it's more damaging to me than anything. And so what I need from you is I need action. I am someone that loves um, quality time and I love active service. And so for you, I need you to put action to your words. So I need um, there to be you saying, what can I help you with today? That's going to alleviate some stress from your life. Or what can I do for you? That is going to help you feel better about the way that you view your body. Like I needed him to understand what I was going through and then put action to it versus just saying the typical, Oh, you're Beautiful, you're strong, you're amazing, well, like love, all I, of that. And I want you to, I, I, and I, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I feel like you're right. I'm sure some people will say, but he said you were beautiful. And if my, I, I wish my husband would say that, but that's not the point we're making. The point right. is uh, being able to feel like you can be open and vulnerable and authentic, all those kind of things. Because uh, first of all, I do feel like man brain would love a, a playbook, a, a map, you know, to, <laughs> to know what they can do. To our complicated world. Sure, but I, even, but I even love that that, that your husband was definitely doing what he felt was best. And when you don't communicate, and I see this in couples therapy all the time where if somebody, if a, if a mom does say, um, I feel overwhelmed a lot of times a husband, when he doesn't know what that really means, does say, Hey, you're, I know you can do it. You're amazing. You know, you do hard things. You're great. And, and he, and he means well, but she didn't, you know, she put out this emotional bid and didn't have that met. Mm-hmm. And so, or, or I think that's the part where, you know, I don't feel like I look pretty. And if the husband just says you, you look beautiful, you know, we want to get to the, tell me more about that. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Right. Yeah. And the big thing is to not tell yourself they don't understand. They don't understand. Yeah. That's what I was just always saying is he won't understand. He won't understand. Right. right? Because he, you know, he was not working out as intense as I was and he still hadn't put on weight since we got married. So I just, they're not going to understand. They're not. The thing is they want to understand those that love you want to understand. So you have to help them. You can't just say, 
I don't get why he doesn't understand or he should understand. That or, one, back to the word should. Right. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you in therapy all the time, I say, have you expressed that? Have you let him know? And I hear all the time of, I, he knows. Yeah. He, I, or, you know, well, he should know by now. And, and that's where I, I say, okay, great. Maybe he should or maybe you think he does, but let's let's kind of give that a voice. Yeah. Well, and even in my marriage now with, like, not even health and fitness related, he's like, just tell me what you want. And I, and I think... I shouldn't have to tell you what I want. Right. You should just know. You should just know what needs to be cleaned up around the house, oh, right? That's a trap. So it's totally a trap. Like he he I don't want to have to tell him <laughs> what he should already oh. know to do, right? And so my side of the bed, I feel like I've got everything kind of neatly in piles and I'm thinking my wife will praise me. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that's the goal. I think she actually wants things removed. Oh, well, I mean, you made the bed because it was just supposed to be made. Exactly. I don't have to tell you thank you for making the bed. Okay. There's episode three coming up. (laughs) We'll bring the the spouses on, Tony, and that could be be an interesting podcast. That's still my dream. Yeah, it is. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and oftentimes, like, you have to understand you have to be the first one to start that open conversation. They're they're not going to come up to you and just say, what do you need? Let's help you. Let's communicate. You have to be that one so that you can start to heal your relationship with that, with them and with your body. Because oftentimes that relationship needs to be fixed in order for you to be able to fix your relationship with your body. So work on both of those and just allow yourself to be vulnerable and allow setbacks to happen because they're going to happen. Learn from it. Have it be a learning experience in so many aspects of your life and not just health and fitness. Well, and and really quick before we go on to number four too, I feel like that is sometimes a guy, bless his heart, is saying, Hey, is everything okay? I feel like you're off. And, and that is, I do feel like a lot of times, I don't know if you ever do this, but you say, I'm fine. Yeah. And it's that I want him to just know, or I want him to dig in deeper. But then, you know, the guy has his own experience where he's probably had times where he's, Hey, no, really. I feel like something's wrong. And she's like, there, nothing's wrong. You know, it's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. So, or it's just the in our head. Yeah. He's not going to understand. I'm not even going to bother trying. Yeah. So, but yeah, so communicate. Okay. I love it. And then the last one was, yeah, I did all this work, but what am I going to do about now it what? now? Now what? I had to put action. No, okay. So, so often, yeah, I wanted to change. Yeah. I wanted to heal my relationship with my body. I wanted to do all this and it was all in my head, but I needed to put action to my words and I needed, and I did that when I lost weight. Right. So I knew I could do it. I knew I wanted to lose weight. I did it. I put action to it. I started exercising. I started watching what I was eating, did all of these things. I now needed to reverse the process and put action to help me start to love my body more and um, to do things like that it was journaling my feelings right like it was journaling everything and and putting it all out there Um, and then also make a pros and cons list because there were good things that I was doing when it came to my health and fitness okay Okay. so exercising right exercising was good that was a con but to the extreme that I was exercising Watching what I was eating and being more mindful, that was good, but not the restricting and not the telling myself that there was good and bad things. So it was making a pros and cons list of the things that were good and the things that were bad. And then you could, you could see, okay, where am I going wrong? And then you can take action steps to say, I'm not going to do that anymore, which, you know, is easier said than done, but you just, then you can say, okay, this is what really needs to be fixed. 
It's not, it's not my exercising. I don't need to cut out exercising. It's exercising is good, but what about my exercising that, that I need to fix? And then you can put baby steps towards it. Sure. And so, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people talk about goals and setting goals. So people say, I want to lose weight. Great. Okay. So let's make a plan. So my thing is, is, do you feel like is it too ambiguous just to say lose weight? Oh, for sure. Right. Because then, because then there is, well, I'm going to lose weight. Okay. So I'm going to just start exercising. And then people start getting down on themselves because they didn't exercise or, or they had a bad day where they started eating everything in the pantry. And so now they're a failure and it's the all or nothing. Right. So you have to take that goal. So my goal was I need to start learning to love my body. And how was I going to do that? And so you have your goal and then you have these skills and it can be two skills. It can be six skills, whatever it is that's going to take to, to reach that goal. It's little baby steps that you're going to do. So, so often people want the main goal and it becomes this all or nothing. Right. It's a big crash diet. Right. Right. Because it's all or nothing because either they are reaching their goal of losing weight or they're not, but they don't realize all the little tiny skills Mm -hmm. that they have to do in order to get there that they need to celebrate. Yeah. So they don't celebrate those things, even though they are doing them, they just see the end result and it's not there. So they say they're a failure. Right. So I say, let's take, um, let's take the example of, okay, I want to lose weight. And they say, okay, well, what do you want to do? Skill to that is I need to drink more water. I need to get more vegetables in and I need to be more consistent with my exercise. Okay. So those are your three skills. Well, then I want them to break down their skills into little things. Okay. So great. You want to drink more water. How are you going to drink more water? So then they say, okay, well, I'm going to make sure I have my, um, 64 ounce or not six. That's a huge one. 32 ounce hydro flask. And I'm going to make sure I fill it three times in the day. Okay. And then they go over to the veggies. Great. You want to eat more veggies. How are you going to eat more veggies? Well, I'm going to make sure that I, um, as soon as I get home from the grocery store, I'm going to chop them up and I'm going to bag them individually. So I have veggies each day, like little things. So now they can say, okay, well I had this goal of losing weight. It's not happening why and they can figure out why it's not happening and that was the action steps I needed to take for understanding why do I not love my body where am I going wrong okay what I was going wrong was the communicating okay so how am I going to communicate journaling was a big part of it mm-hmm. for me even though I wasn't communicating with my spouse I was communicating something yeah okay so it was I'm going to communicate and then I'm going to reevaluate my exercise routine and find out what do I really love is yeah. it do I really love running as much as I am running because yeah. it is extreme right now. And I didn't. Like okay. That's where I started to fall in love with kind of weights a little bit more. Um, because I, I liked running, but I was bored. I was burnt out. My yeah. body wasn't in love with it. And so I needed to switch it up. So I said, okay, I need to switch it up. So those were like my two goals. Like, what am I going to do? And then later on, it was fixing my, my relationship with food because okay. I couldn't do the exercise and food at the same time. Okay. I That's knew myself. Too, I though. knew it was overwhelming. Yeah. I knew that I would just feel like I was just going to fail no matter what. I had a very restrictive diet and I needed to get back into loving certain foods because they weren't bad, but I knew I couldn't do that at the moment. And so, um, just learning to communicate and learning to, um, look at exercise as something that was more joyful than a punishment or that I had to do or a means to an end. I had to fix those two things. And in that process, I definitely started to look at my body as an amazing thing and not a number on the scale. Um, 
So. Oh no, and I like where uh, even there's value behind an exercise. And so if you don't like running, because mm-hmm. I have had clients that have uh, done more classes or yoga yeah. or those things, and and you watch their brain say, yeah, but I'm not burning as many calories or I'm not whatever is running, and that's not the point, right? So if the goal is, I just said the right thing, right? Just throw mm-hmm. right out there. Yeah. Um, but if your goal is <laughs> to now I'm rattled. If your goal, If your goal then is the yeah to improve the relationship you have with your body or uh, or just fitness in general, then the I'm not burning uh, as many calories as running. And this is what I love. Another acceptance and commitment therapy principle is a story my brain is trying to hook me to because if it can get me to buy into that then I don't have to continue to do the work that is new and difficult. The I'm just trying to change my relationship with exercise or my body. Because uh-huh. we're not debating if that story is true or false. That one, as a matter of fact, do you burn more calories running? Probably. But, it, but we're not, that's not the mm-hmm. argument. That's not a, I'm saying like... That's the, a different the, podcast, but I can go a lot into that one. <laughs> well, I'm saying then doing something fluffy, you know, something. Yeah. But here's the thing. But I mean, maybe use movement my point, movement. Yes, 100%. But, and that's where I feel like, though, people then do get down on themselves and they say, if, I, if I'm going to get back to exercising, it has to be extreme or it has but to be running. But that's the should because exactly. someone is telling them yes. that, that, you know, the, the fitness industry is telling them, you know, CrossFit is a huge example of like intense exercise. Yeah. And so people feel like if they're not doing CrossFit, they're not going to lose weight or they're not going to get, you know, a sculpted body or whatever. CrossFit is intense. People love it. It's great, but you do not have to do it if you do not enjoy it because you won't be consistent with it and it won't get you to. And that's the key. Yeah. So if it's, if you're not buying in, then you won't be consistent. And then you get to, then you do the what's wrong with me story in my brain, which is super funny again for another day podcast. It's funny you bring up CrossFit. Uh, So I haven't even talked about this, but I've had a a bit of an, an, an injury a little bit of a setback, so there's a little bit of a, a hiatus on running right now, and so I have, I have, I knew I would love CrossFit, mm-hmm. but but I've, I have not, I've looked at that as yeah, but it's not running, and so now that I, I literally can't do as much running right now, I have now started to embrace CrossFit, mm-hmm. and now I realize wow, that was quite a story my brain was telling me before of that well. It's not running. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna be running 100 milers or whatever, I just have to do more running, 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 running. running. Yeah. yeah. And now I realize, wow, I was really missing out on some things that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, some of the CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the whole, you know, cardio is one of those things that's been drained in people's oh. hands. That's what they have to do in order to lose weight. Yeah. And what people really fail to understand and women in general is you're going to lose weight only doing the things that you love. Okay. That's big. Well, not just lose weight. Okay. You're going to be consistent and be able to sustain a weight loss doing the things that you love. And that's in the consistent and sustained. That's the big thing. Right. We're not trying to just get the immediate quick. Yeah. Yeah. So if it is yoga, if yoga is your thing, and no, it does not burn a ton of calories, but if yoga is your thing and you can consistently do yoga, yes. whatever, five days a week if you want to, and watch what you eat, you will be consistent and you will lose weight because you love it. You enjoy yeah. it. But if you are forced to go do um, a group fitness class and you do not love it and you're just like, well, it's on the schedule. I got to go do you're it. You're going to come up with excuses You're going to come up with excuses, yeah, right? Really Especially if you are someone that doesn't like getting in the car and having to go to the gym or yeah. do all those things, you're going to come up with excuses. So you can't, you have to be able to love what you do and you have to find like going back to the putting actions to your words, 
don't just write down what you should be doing, right? Yeah. Don't just say, okay, I have to drink 100 ounces of water because I should be drinking out. You have to drink and understand why that's important yeah. for you to drink 100 ounces yeah. of water. And then do what it's going to be that works for you. My whole thing with, you know, the programs that I build and everything is that you are unique. What works for you is not necessarily yeah. going to work for somebody else. So put those blinders on. Stop looking at everyone else yes. and just say, okay, this is for me. Okay. I want to love my body for me. I want to do this for me. And how is what I'm going to do going to help me? Uh, and then you're going to be unstoppable. Oh, I love it. And, and back to, I, I just, that you made me think of the values part that we talked about earlier. So group fitness, for example. So I, I do have people that they just feel like they have to run, but their value is connection with people or community okay. or so they, they do come into that. I don't like running. I'm hurting. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm too tired. Those stories get in the way. But if it was a, I'm going to go to a group fitness class and that was what they, that was true to their value. There, there you go with consistency and they're not going to come up with as many of the excuses. Yeah, because if group group fitness, I mean, I love. I love group fitness for the camaraderie, the mm -hmm. community that it brings. So there are so many times that I... I talk to mom and they fall in love with group fitness because they could have a horrible night's sleep yep. and they could maybe have a bad day of eating the day before or whatever it is, but they'll wake up in the morning and they love the community connections and friends that are yeah. there. So they don't go necessarily because they are tired. They are worn out. Exercise seems crazy to them right now, but they want that social they want to be able to feel connected. Maybe there's a friend there that they can maybe complain about their night to. Yeah. Whatever that is, they go for that. And the exercise, the movement is the byproduct of that. Yeah. So you just, you have to find that. Um, and so often people will be like, well, I haven't found anything that I love. Okay. Well, have you tried everything? Right. Keep looking. That's Keep it. Looking. Cause that's an excuse. My brain is trying or if my brain can hook me to the, I haven't found anything yet story, then I'm done. Then I don't yeah. have to keep looking. If you hate running and you love walking, walk. I know. I did some hiking in Tahoe last oh, weekend. Yeah. And I've always been the guy that if I'm going to be out in the mountains or whatever, then I, it's going to be, a, a, I'm going to run. And we hiked and I thought, oh, I've been missing this. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. We said we would go 35 minutes. We're at 55. Oh, we can talk I all day. No, no, we did great. <laughs> this was, a, this was a, I'm so glad that you, you came on and this yeah, was everything. I hope you would be in more. Where do people find you? What do you have coming up? Um, they can find me on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Instagram is eat.squat dot mom um website e squat mom and then facebook is e squat mom <laughs> so but um i do have an awesome challenge that i'm hosting for free it's okay. a five-day challenge it is called thriving through the holidays there are so many holidays that i lived in fear of yeah. food and everything in the weight gain and i have um put together so many tools and resources and you will come away with an action plan for yourself that is going to help you eliminate the stress the overwhelm, all of those things that you feel around the holidays and have you have the best holiday okay. season When's of your that life. Up? So that will start October 21st. Okay. You so. can go to my uh, link in pro in my profile or I'll send you the link that yeah, you can do in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can register now for it and then come October 21st, that's when it starts. It's just five days. It's just an email series and they will do that. Um, we can connect on our Facebook private 
uh, Facebook page, um, but it's going to be amazing. Um, okay. It's just, it's jam-packed. Like, all the stuff that I'm giving you guys, like, you just don't want to miss it. Good. And, okay, help me do the math. We're going to release this on Monday then, so let's say 9, 10, 11, 12. So you're going to get this, like, the 13th or 14th, so you got okay. a week. So yeah, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll have plenty of time to just sign up, and then, yeah, it'll start up. Hey, and, uh, super, I was thinking about this this morning, but, and maybe I can edit this part out if you want to, but super sneak preview, but down the road, big things ahead big things for ahead the two of us. For right? the two of us, right? Can't wait. Teaser. Yeah. If it, you love Tony and I together. That's right. Just big wait. Stuff. Just wait. Big stuff. Yeah. And I also uh, want to end with, I like that my wife enjoys you more than she enjoys me. And oh. so the fact that you said earlier that get our spouses on, that the only way I think that Wendy would ever do it is if you told her to. So that's something. Okay. Well, I day. think it, it's okay. feelings are mutual there for we the go. spouses. All right. Okay. Elizabeth, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having okay, me. We'll see you next time yeah. on the virtual couch. Sounds good. Okay. Hey, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's podcast. I really enjoy talking with Elizabeth. We had sat down before and said, all right, let's try to keep this thing to 35 minutes, maybe 40 max, and uh, just so much um, a good interaction back and forth. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. What'd you learn today? Um, her four takeaways. Go find her blog. I'll have that in the show notes. But own your story, all parts of it. That's where I throw in the acceptance and commitment therapy private experiences. You're the only person that's gone through the things you've gone through. But uh, Elizabeth says, own your story, all parts of it. Two, determine what you value most. And uh, number three, she talked about communicate, communicate, communicate. And I threw in there, that's the good old being authentic, a little cognitive fusion happening. Um, Because not everybody, I mean, everybody's unique. And you got to communicate those things that you've learned about yourself, values, your story, that sort of thing to your partner, uh, to you. And number four, the big one, is put those uh, actions into words. And I know that can be um, extremely hard at times. Well, actually, a lot of times. So hopefully uh, you got something from today's show. Um, Check out the show notes. I'm also going to have some additional info, some links to a couple of things that Elizabeth has on her blog. I think she has a worksheet that we forgot to talk about or a download that you can uh, take advantage of to help you with these four things. And feel free to contact me at contact.tonyoverbay.com if you have questions or a topic you think would make a good podcast. Or if you're interested in having me come speak to your group, company, organization, or congregation about any of the topics that you've heard on the show. And uh, just one more time, don't forget BetterHelp.com. You can go to BetterHelp.com slash virtual couch because you will get 10% off your first month's service. And it does help a little bit with covering the costs of recording and producing the podcast. And please remember that the virtual couch is not a replacement for...